Goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. Gleam, man. It's a gleam. Anybody it's the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey everyone, welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. I am Andy Lytle, and as always, I am joined. <laughs> Look at him. I am excited that you're here as always, my friend. Uh, the OBR's draft analyst and uh, hater of pants himself, Mr. Stephen Thomas. How is it going, brother? Oh, life is a cabaret, my friend. Yes, Mr. Katapka. Yes. The tiki-tiki-tiki in the tiki-tiki-tiki room. Uh, we'll have the tiki-tiki totem for the, the draft again next year. It's, uh, apparently, uh, it brought us good luck. It gave us two first-round talents this year. So it we'll definitely bring that back next year. Never get rid of that ever, 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 my friend. Um, <laughs> well, let, let, let's get right into it. Uh, we got a, we got a jam-packed show for you. Uh in the first hour, the great Fred Greetham, the OBR's beat reporter, is going to join us for about 10, 15 minutes. He's very kind to take some time out of his day because you told me it's his wedding anniversary today? It's Fred's wedding anniversary, Well, he's coming on to talk to us. Well, so, you know. I, I feel bad even asking him now, but that just tells you what a trooper he is. He's going to come make an appearance. Then at the end of the hour, uh, we're going to be joined by a guy who has just been killing it for the OBR lately with inside scoops and all type of great information from inside the walls of Berea, and that is Brad Stainbrook. He's going to be joining us uh, at the bottom of the hour. Then in hour two, uh, we're going to be joined by Michael Keefe from the Garage Beers podcast, which you and I, when we announced that you and I were joining forces, and I was because I was doing the show just by myself with guests, uh, the Not the Same Old Browns podcast, and I uh, was hap- was so happy to bring you on uh, as a co-host. We went on the Garage Beers podcast ourselves to help promote that. So those guys are great, right? Yeah, uh, and we want to especially thank Mike. If anybody follows Mike on uh, Twitter, you know he does yeah. a great job. And the whole guys over there, it's it's a fun podcast. And they're gracious is. for having us on. But uh, it's called the Garage Beers broadcast, and you took White Claw on. So we're actually pretty lucky. <laughs> That he overlooked that to come on our show. I'm on, but, I'm on keto, damn it. <laughs> but we want to start off. Uh, uh, we got a great show for you. But before we do anything, uh, like we always said, uh, we got to pay a, a couple of bills or Barry will hit us in the head with a shovel. So uh, we've got a massive sale going on on the website right now on the OBR website. I have been here for over a year. I have never seen a deal like this. 75% off. You see it right there on your screen. Today is the last day. Dwindling hours left for this for the annual subscription. I think it comes out to like $26 for the whole year. Just just a little over two bucks a month, which is just an insane value. And with that, you get uh, Jake's uh, VIP film content. You get Cody's. Cody had a VIP analytics piece today. Um, all the stuff that uh, normally goes behind the OBR paywall, the Rumor Central Forum, where Lane and Brad drop all of their stuff, the Ask the Insiders, where people can ask that only uh, questions that only subscribers can see the answer to. You can get that right there. And I'm going to go ahead and send a link into the chat. There you go. It's only a few more hours left. 
so now, um, uh, yes, uh, Barry has stepped away. He's given me a reprieve. He's right over there with the shovel. So I'm, I'm very happy uh, that we went ahead and paid the bills there. Absolutely. It's a hell of a deal. 75% off. Uh, click on that link that Steven just put in the chat. Uh, definitely, definitely. That's, I mean, that's, that is a steal of a deal. You get, uh, tell, I mean, it's, it's, it's VIP articles, obviously. And Cody just dropped an awesome one today. Cody Sook, uh, our analytics guy for the OBR. And then that gives you, uh, access to rumor central and ask the insiders, correct? Which is huge because, you know, anyone who's been a subscriber and thank you for that Sylvady, uh, uh, for the uh, new subscriber there to the website site of our operation. Anyone who's been a subscriber knows that, yes, you'll find out most of this stuff eventually. But if you want to know anywhere from several hours to, to a few Jeez. days, it's sometimes months ahead of the, We knew in Rumor Central that they had started talking with uh, Nick Chubb and Denzel Ward before they started talking with Baker Mayfield as far as contracts. Oh, yeah. We knew that like March or so, and yeah. it finally just came out last month. So yeah. if you want to know stuff ahead of time, that's the place to do it. Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, it, it's a hell of a deal, guys. Uh, definitely, definitely, if you were ever, and this is the last day, I believe. This is it. Yeah. This, this is the last day that you can get this 75% off deal. I've never seen it this, I've never seen never. it. No, not, not this high, not that much off. So that's- Not for the annual, no. And real- Real quick, yeah. because uh, the legend is is in the waiting room right now. We also wanted to say a big thank you to the subscribers and followers here on the Twitch side of our operation, the broadcast wing of the Evil Lair. We are approaching. We are over 980 followers now, so we might, knock on wood, might hit that 1K mark here tonight on the air. We've got over 230 subscribers already at this point, which both of those numbers for less than a month since launch are insane, and a lot of that is due to the great team that we have in place absolutely and a, a huge piece of that is about to join us here absolutely uh, on air let's go ahead and bring him in you know him as the legend uh we just know him as fred uh <laughs> he, he allows us to call him fred as long as we send him a check every month uh welcome <laughs> in fred greetham um a lot of stuff as we normally do i'm sure the chat will have tons and tons of questions for you as they always do but as we like to do we just want to throw it to you Lots of news today from Berea. Not all of it good, some of it concerning. What are you hearing from the inside? Yeah, um, yeah, and you can call me anything you want, except late to dinner. You know, that's what my dad always said. <laughs> I love that. But, um, yeah, I mean, we talked to Grant Delpit today, and he said the goal really was to uh, just get back for the opener. They're bringing him along. That's the target date, everybody. And I think that's kind of across the board. I think what they're looking at, you can see not playing in the preseason games and so forth, but about a half hour with practice to go, he was covering Davion Davis and he got up slow. He went over the trainer and he walked to the field house with the trainer and we didn't see him again. Um, after practice, the Browns updated us and said, yes, it was the same hamstring. Didn't really say to what extent, if he just felt it, pulled it bad, what. But, yeah, so that's probably going to put him back on the, on the no-fly zone here for a bit. Ronnie Harrison, I don't know if it was reported much there. He was back, and he also talked, kind of just said the same thing. He went in today or yesterday, <clears throat> they run together, 
with the first team taking reps. Just uh, Delpit was running with second team. But Harrison didn't come down in the injury report, but I did see him go over to the side and run little sprints back and forth. Now, whether he was just jostling himself again, being loose, or if he felt something, I don't know. But both of them talked before practice, said they felt really good and they were ready to go. So usually they, you know, like you and I would be out there playing a softball game with with our hamstring probably already pulled. And them guys, when they feel 100%, they're still held out about a week. So sure, who knows? Who knows exactly? I mean, you can see the mystery like Jadavian Clowney. I mean, he's never been on the injury report. The coach won't even admit he's got an injury other than he's working through it, but he's <laughs> Denzel Ward's listed as soreness. And he was still on the bike today with soreness. And, uh, but Clowney, you don't, he wasn't even out on the field today, you know, doing the bikes or anything, but he's not on the injury report. So I don't know what that's about. Garrett was out there on the bikes still dealing with the hamstring. Um, one guy that I noticed got off was Alexander Hollins. He was back with the wide receivers. Uh, yesterday, uh, Malik McDowell was back with the defensive lineman. Michael Dunn was a new one today. He was on the bikes with a knee injury. Um, just off the top of my head, the new guys, I think it was just Dunn. Maybe Jamarcus Bradley was there yesterday, but at I don't think I talked to you yesterday's. They got him as a neck injury. Um, so they're just kind of off and on here. I doubt if any of those guys will play this week. Um, I don't know again, you know, about the starters. The New York Giants coming into town. Stefanski said it's going to be full tempo or full speed except tackling to the ground. Right. So in two hours. Um, and Friday will be red zone. So I expect it to be pretty spirited, and I almost think that they're going to maybe use that more importantly than the actual game on Sunday. I, I wouldn't expect OBJ to make his debut against his former team. Um, he still kind of runs against air if the first team goes with no defense, but whenever there's anybody out there, he kind of, you know, they keep him on the sidelines. And I can see that's the general pattern with all these guys. Keep them in bubble wrap and probably until the opener. Maybe they'll have a series or two. But I'm not getting the vibes that Mayfield and some of these guys are going to even play this week. I don't know. We'll find out. He said he'll let us know. But he said, I think, Friday. And it just depends on when he talks to us, sir, because we don't have any availability Saturday. So that's kind of it. Just off the top of my head, I think the big one was Delpit. Also, I did see Jedrick Wills limping a little bit, and he went to the side. He stayed out in the field, but, you know, that's something we'll watch as well. You don't know if it's an ankle, knee, or, or what it is, but he was kind of just favoring his, his leg. Today was the last day for fans to come. Browns, after practice, again, went over and gave the soccer you know, cheer to the fans that were there and stuff. So Giants come in. That's probably the biggest news. We'll see what happens the next couple of days. But right off, right there, that's where it's at. Here's a question from Cyperbull. And we appreciate you too, Cyperbull. I saw what you said earlier. Appreciate you too, friend. Do you think they are just being a little extra careful, Fred, with some of these guys? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, 
I think that, you know, this is kind of the tendency of some of the newer or younger coaches, even though Stefanski's, you know, second year, it still would be considered. I think he didn't have a preseason last year, so we had nothing to gauge it on. And it just seems like, I don't know, just like these analytic staffs or organizations, you know, obviously the Browns are one of them is give no information out as little as you can, because like I said, Stefanski, since he's been here has giving nothing. I mean, there is nothing really at all other than straightforward news. And it's still vague. I mean, and so I think if he's going to be like that and talking to the fans, or I mean, through the media, same way with the preseason. Why would they even run any plays or do anything to show anything? I think it's just totally, they just want to see what some of the young guys have or the guys they're not sure about. I don't, I don't, you know, I think that the reason Chris Hubbard and Greedy Williams played a little last week because they want to know if they can play, Yeah, you know, coming off injuries. Hubbard's got a 5 million, just under $5 million salary. And if he's not the versatile tackle guard guy, why would you spend five million on a you know other than sentimental reasons? Sure. If you got somebody else, you know, like Forbes or Dunn or or uh, you know Hudson. Same thing with Greedy Williams. You got to find out if he can play. Can he take a hit and not be done? You know. So, I think the guy's not playing. You can pretty much say you know. We know what we got and we're counting on them. We don't really need them. I think you're looking at them microscope under the last eight, 10, 15 spots on the roster. I don't know the number. I heard Barry on a radio interview today and he wouldn't give out any information on how many spots were still open. They said three, six, nine, twelve, 12, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But I have to think it's closer to 10 or under. And so, you know, that's where they're at with that. So um, just to clarify something, uh, and Shruni, uh, you hit it right on it, what I thought, too. Uh, you said Dunn was a knee. I had heard that it was a back. Was it is Dunn no. a back or a knee? Well, I have. I can look real quick. You know, it's like. They all blend together. Well, yeah. He well, was on the, the bike. I can confirm that. So many injuries. I mean, it's and been... And sometimes with... <clears throat> Shout out uh, Jack McCurry. Thank you for those thousand bits, friend. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. They did it's... list him as back. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. No, that's fine. I just I just. I didn't look at it. I didn't look at it that closely. And usually I think if you say knee... Or hamstring, you probably got a ninety-five percent chance. Yeah. Of doing <laughs> right, <laughs> totally fair. You know, um, you know, not too many times do you see arm, wrist, right? You know, or neck or head because they're in concussion. Then, um, yeah. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. No worries. According I, to their their stats, it said back. And I, and I, think I have it right. in my story. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm in agreement with you in that. I think they're going to get more out of the practices than the games kind of like senior bowl week. You know, the scouting is all done during the practice. The game is just kind of gravy uh, because when the game rolls around, uh, obviously they're going to be exceptionally vanilla again. I'd like you said, I don't think we're going to see 
many of the starters and those that we do, we will see them only briefly. Um, so I, I'm with you in that the, the two joint practices are where they're going to evaluate those, you know, the last 15 spots or so or something like that. So uh, I'm completely in agree with you. Here's a good question. Yeah. Though. Uh, look, uh, Kevin talked earlier today, and we've got a clip on it for later in the show about uh, Demetric Felton getting some work at running back specifically this week because of how well he did at wide receiver last week. Uh, did you get a good look at him today? Anything good, bad, indifferent from Felton in the running back spot? Yeah, I did see him getting a lot, getting reps in the running back uh, position. And, you know, Stefanski the other day was a little evasive on that and said he didn't know if he'd play there this week, you know, in the game or whatever. But then it looks like in practice they have him out there doing it. So I'm going to guess that he's one of them guys they want to see. They already think, I think they can check the box at wide receiver. Right. And, I think that's why you saw a heavy dose of him the other night and they threw a little pun at him, a little kick right. to see if he can do that. And uh, yeah, I think now they want to see about running back. Um, Jojo Natson was being rested today, but he made a really nice catch um, in practice yesterday, diving catch deep. And that Damian Davis is, is really making plays it's it's a uh, wide receiver you know if you got the luxury of felton it's going to make it tougher for a guy i really think felton would push jojo natson off the roster because if you remember last year until natson got hurt besides the return duties they were running him a lot at least i saw every day in training camp they were running him with the first team in the jet sweeps and and uh, mostly those short little shovel pass things i didn't see him really running deep routes but i think that's what i talked about thinking schwartz was going to be that guy but schwartz right, right. came back yesterday but he got behind and i think maybe i've seen felton and i can see him being used in that role as kind of that jet sweep return guy and even go you know stretch the field with the deep ball so um i think they like that swiss swiss army knife and see what he can do between the tackles. If they can view him as an option running the ball, you know, that just make it all the better. I mean, Duke Johnson, there was a time I felt he should be the the starting running back because he could do more than just be a third down back. But I get it that he was a little suspect maybe between the tackles, but he was doing more between as much between the tackles as some of the guys they had when he was here. So if Felton can show that he can that he can run, you know, between the tackles with the big boys, why wouldn't they use him in all those spots? Yeah, yeah. I think his uh, his only question mark uh, for for getting more well, besides being behind, you know, two tremendous running backs, uh, his only question is the size. He's you know five eight and change, hundred and what eighty something and change, and guys like that they really don't last long running between the tackles a lot. Those are the guys that you want to get out in space because that's where they do uh, their best work. And I was just going to say that before you, uh, my tag on question was going to be, did you see anything from Schwartz today? Because even back as far as he was drafted, we said, okay, as a rookie, he's going to be, you know, pretty specific in his job description, you know, nine routes, deep routes, take your guy deep, you know, hopefully get by a guy, but then also, and he did it at Auburn. So he already has the timing for the orbit motion and the jet motion and those touch passes and all that kind of stuff. Did you see anything, uh, him in, in involved in any plays like that today? 
I did not. Um, again, I you're trying to you kind of tend to go where the ball is, and right. and I don't know if he was out there in team at all. I mean, guys like that, like even JOK, they got him listed at the bottom of the depth chart. He's third string at Will linebacker at the new uh, depth chart. I just printed it off to see if they moved him up for this week. Now, and and Schwartz, he's he's down there. Let's see where he's at. I mean, he's, well, I think he's, he's listed in the sixth third. Spot, yeah. And yeah, so I, I really, I really think that he should get some work this week. If he practices some against the Giants, I just think again. When all you got, when the main thing you got is four two five speed, and you got a hamstring, the last thing you want to do is blow him out, and then he's done. Because if he's not a hundred percent with the speed, you nothing against him, but he's a dime a dozen wide receiver. You know, you know, if if he was to lose just a little of the speed that separates him from the rest of these guys, then I don't know. So. I don't know how they'll open him up. I mean, as you know, like I said, maybe he's been fine for two weeks. I don't know. Sure. They just let him go back to practice, but I'll watch tomorrow in practice and give you an update. You know, that that's always a, a more telltale sign when they go against another team, because everybody takes it another level up. They're all trying to, make the team and impress the other team. And there's a little bit when you're going against your own guys, you kind of know what they're going to do. Plus you don't, the coach is telling you don't hurt the other guy on our team, you know, and we'll see, we'll see what they do, but I expect Schwartz to get some work and, you know, maybe, maybe they would hold him out, but I'll report on that tomorrow. Uh, good question here. What are you looking for out of JOK in the next few days? Uh, my thought would be exactly what Kevin said on Sunday in this presser. He, I mean, he's got the athleticism. He's got the reaction time. He's got the, you know, the tackling ability. We all saw that, the, the closing speed. We saw that what he's got to do is just improve his eye discipline and his, his processing. I mean, I think that's pretty standard for any rookie, especially someone like JOK that you have such high hopes for in the future that if he can – you know, create a, 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 an opportunity for himself by improving his eye discipline beyond the rookie level quicker than you would expect that, you know, he can really explode into the league. So that's what I would be hoping, uh, that he doesn't get in the wrong place, doesn't get in the wrong gap, doesn't get over eager. But what are you looking for out of him from these joint practices? And then again, I'm, I'm expecting him to play quite a bit again on Sunday, Fred. Yeah, I think that these younger guys, even though it's not the regular season, I've talked to hundreds of guys over the years that say you know practice goes to another level training camp another level preseason games are another level and the regular season is unbelievable I think they're trying to get him ramped up and acclimated so September 12th he's ready to go and that's why um, even though you can't simulate that to get Newsome as many reps as he can get and JOK as many and Felton and all these rookies that you think are going to help you. You already have the experience with these other guys. You just, you just want to get them that experience. Now the roster, you know, positions is another thing, but we know that JOK Newsome, those guys have roster spots. So they're just trying to get them 
you know, get that experience. So it wouldn't be as big of a jump up when the regular season goes. And, and yeah, so he's very comfortable. He's talked about when he's comfortable, you play with your hair on fire, you know, and, and he looked pretty comfortable the other night, but that was the first time really being out there. So I just think they see it. And now we just got to get him totally, like you said, so he's doing, he's eliminating those rookie mistakes as much as possible. Sure. We only got you for a couple more minutes, Fred. I'm going to fire like one or two more questions out of here, and then we're going to get you out of here. I appreciate you coming on. I heard it's your wedding anniversary today, my friend. Yes, it is. Well, congratulations. 42 years. Well, well, this is our, pre this is our present to you. We I got married fits. when we were one. <laughs> I could do my standard stand-up comedy. You said 42 years. I say in a row. In a row. Right. Yeah. But um, boom. Yeah. So anyway, here we go. Here we go. With Carlson injured, do you think it's wise to only carry three tight ends to free up a roster spot? Or are they going to try to find a fourth? I mean, there's the obviously Frank's played okay the other day. He flashed in a few spots. What do you think they do? With Carlson out now, I think three tight ends is could be enough, especially the ones you play all the time. Unless Franks and and uh, Davis really do some eye popping things that another team would take them, they're practice squad at least one of them. And then if you need one, you have one. I think they that could be the thing that the fullback. See, I was kind of questioning maybe the fullback, what they do with that, if they eliminate it. I know he likes a fullback, but I think a Janovich or a Stanton maybe could cross-train, you know, and maybe also do some blocking duties. Because Carlson, if you remember, caught one pass last year. He was always used in the double-team blocking and so forth. So I think it'd be more of a blocker, a blocking-type guy. Right. So if – they think Janovich is that guy that could fill that role. It could get him some more snaps because they weren't using the fullback a lot towards the end of the last year. So that's why I thought maybe they'd move on from the fullback and move a Carlson into that H back or fullback role, or even a Ernest Johnson or something like that. I think they'll have somebody, but it, I think with, with roster spots so valuable, I just don't think that they're going to, you know, go all in with a fourth tight end, especially they really like Carlson, but I think there's a drop off right in the, in those two guys. All right. Let's get you one more before we get you out of here. I think he's referring, they're referring to the second preseason game as kind of the dress rehearsal, but you've answered this in prior episodes, but if you want to go ahead and uh, answer this, uh, yeah, I, I don't think the Browns are going to treat it as the dress rehearsal. Um, it could surprise me, but I think they may use the Atlanta game if they play the starters a little bit more um, because they play the 29th, and then it's almost like they have a bye. They don't play the Chiefs till the 12th. So there's a good, what is that, 13, 14 days maybe? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know my math from – how many days in this month right. in August, but right. if you play in the 12th, you know, and you're playing on the 29th, you got at least the 30th and 12th. So you got almost two weeks. So I think that that would make sense to me. I don't know. It's the first time we went through this. They all copy one another. The teams, you know, are resting their starting quarterback in the first game. Browns did that. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised 
if the starters again didn't play a lot this week, but maybe they will a, a series or so, you know, some of the guys. But I think more so the Atlanta game with a two-week delay, he might say, okay, get out there. Here's a series. Sure. You know, and we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah, and that's uh, for everybody that always said, you know, week three was the dress rehearsal. That was a large part of the reason for it because from week three to opening weekend, you had two weeks to rest all of your critical guys. Well, now they have two weeks from the Atlanta game. So that makes more sense, you know, from that angle. And um, also because they didn't play preseason games last year and Stefanski st and, and this regime went through that, they probably in their analytics said, you know, you're not getting that big benefit out of those preseason games at all. Right. And yeah, they get, they did get blown away in the first game, but I don't think it's because they didn't play preseason necessarily. And it was all new. So I think if they feel comfortable enough, especially on offense, you know, I don't see them thinking, you know, we don't need to do that the first week right. in the preseason. Well, Fred, Seriously, thanks for taking time out of your day. On uh, happy anniversary to you and your better half. Uh, appreciate you taking time with us today, considering it's your anniversary. And uh, we'll uh, catch up with you, I'm sure, uh, for the uh, either the pregame or postgame on Sunday, possibly, or even next week. So appreciate you, Fred. Sounds good. Yeah, hope let's uh, get out there and get the subs. Get our let's get over a thousand here tonight. You know, yeah, and that'd be uh, cool. And get the momentum, keep going, and tomorrow. I'll be on OBR weekly and have everything Absolutely. right off the field, literally, because we're practicing till 435 tomorrow and Stefanski after that. And then I come on here at seven. So Beautiful. we'll have it right off hot off the presses, me and Barry and hopefully Lane. Beautiful. So, so thanks for having me. Thank you, Fred. Happy anniversary again to you and your the legend, everybody. Thanks, Fred. Yeah, so definitely catch uh, Fred and uh, uh, Barry McBride tomorrow on OBR Weekly. That'll go. That that has moved from Tuesdays to Thursdays. That'll be they'll be live tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern with OBR Weekly. I'm sure he'll have a lot of. Actually, I, that's going to be a juicy show because he's going to have a lot of updates from camp tomorrow. I'm sure. Yeah, well, you would think at least in the pregame or pregame in the pre-practice uh, yeah. interviews, whoever is available, they'll have some kind of update on Delpit and Michael Dunn and everything. Now, of course, it'll be vague and general and everything, but you're sure. starting to learn the coach speak that Stefanski yeah. uses. Words he uses mean certain things. Words he doesn't use means other things. So we'll have a little bit better idea Absolutely. of that tomorrow. I wanted to throw this up there. We didn't get to this. Um, yeah. There were several questions about Davy and Davis. And yeah, it's, you know, in a normal year uh, with a normal wide receiver room, you would Davian Davis would be that guy that Cleveland Browns fans love to do to find every August. We love to find that ultimate long shot that comes out of nowhere and we root for him to make the team. It's a tradition uh, on the North Coast, and he would certainly be that guy. But with this wide receiver room, and then you throw Felton into the mix on that, I just – nothing against Davian Davis. I'm not going to say that he's not playing well enough to earn a roster spot. I just think the numbers – are so heavily stacked against the, him in this wide receiver room, it would be a shock if he made the, the the initial 53 to me. Yeah, the depth in that room, I mean, as it stands right now, I mean, four, five, six, seven are let's go, let's go through them. You've got Hollywood, you've got Kader, no particular order either. You got Hollywood, Kaderil Hodge, Demetric Felton. I'm going to count him as a wide receiver, no? 
and Anthony Schwartz, and a- Anthony Schwartz, who they just took in the third round. So Alexander Hollins has had a good camp. Jam- Jamarcus Bradley, Bradley has had a good camp. I, I mean, it's there's, <laughs> there's so many names in there. Jojo Natson. Yeah. has basically no shot to make this roster. I mean, I these are all NFL caliber wide receivers. So, yeah, as much as I love Davian, and I had some day three Davian uh, Davis love during his uh, draft cycle. The, the receipts are out there. Um, and, and I love when they pick the kid up because I think he's got some really cool stuff. But it's just not – unless there's multiple injuries yeah. ahead of him in the or a trade or something like that that we, none of us see coming – I just don't see the path. I, no. I just so hopefully someone else said somewhere uh, I, that they can try to sneak him onto the practice squad. But unfortunately, when a guy makes highlight reel catches like this in August, <laughs> you see him. <laughs> we're go not up. the only ones who see it. I know. So uh, everyone saw him go up and get that ball for that touchdown against Jacksonville. So it's uh, yeah. Uh, oh, sh- holy smoke! Shout out the Armor Hatch for subscribing at for giving us a tier one sub to the OBR Twitch channel for six months. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. A six months. Awesome. Uh, that is amazing. Thank you, friend. Um, stick around, guys. We got Brad Stainbrook, insider for the OBR, coming on here very shortly in about five, ten minutes. And uh, then we're going to get rolling with that. Oh, shout out to Desert Dog. Thank you for gifting those tier, those two tier one subs to the OBR Twitch community. Congrats to Drag. Hey, Drag Panzer. You're from – Drag's a friend of mine from my Twitch community. Thanks, thanks for lurking in the chat, Drag. Appreciate you. And uh, who else got uh, one? Ooh, Gilly got one. Dr. Ooh, Gilly got one as well. Excellent. We are yes. r- really close to 1,000. Uh, we were hoping to get 1,000 by the Kansas City game. It looks like we're going to blow by that before the New York football Giants game. And Jack Mack here, a good friend of ours, uh, that's a very good point. We have said this uh, since before camp even is. started, that the, the bottom half of the – not just the practice squad guys – the bottom half of the fit, the wide receivers on the 53, if Hodge or Hollywood, you know, figures out, hey, they go, hey, you're the fifth guy in the rotation, they they might not want those kind of snaps, especially Hollywood really wants – this is his second straight one-year deal. He, he wants yeah. the volume of targets to earn the – that I think he deserves. I think we all think he deserves. He's, he's a quality number two or number three wide receiver on just about sure. any roster in the NFL, just not this one. And I don't know that he's going to get the um, the volume of targets that he wants, especially if he's the fifth wide receiver option. So I am not advocating for a trade of Hollywood Higgins. That is not at all what I am about to say. Please don't take it that way. But if it comes out that, that Kadero Hodge beats him out for the fourth spot and Hollywood goes quietly, professionally, behind the scenes, doesn't take it to the media, goes to Andrew and says, hey, look, find me a spot where I can play. Yeah. He, he would bring back, you know, not a first-round pick or anything, like, but he's going to bring back some decent compensation in either a player or a draft pick. So Jack Mack is absolutely right. Uh, one of those guys, and the same is true for Kadero Hodge, just sure. on a slightly lower level. He could, he could bring sure. back a little – he'll bring back something, though. But if those guys, one of them is moved and or injured or something like that, then sure, Davian Davis moves into the conversation. But as it stands right now, Jack Mack is completely right. It's just – the numbers are just they're just stacked against him. Holy Go ahead, you got a big shout out yeah, here. Thank you. Thank you, Armor Hatch, for gifting 10 tier one subs to the OBR Twitch community. Holy smokes. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Holy smokes. Thanks for one, thanks for subbing for six months in advance for yourself. And thank you for gifting uh 10 
10 subs to the OBR Twitch community. That's very, very nice of you, my friend. Greatly much Absolutely. appreciated. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Let me ask you this question. If let's just be, it's back to the wide receivers. Could you see a scenario? And it actually comes back to the question about carrying three tight ends. If they do carry, let's, let's just say hypothetically, could you see a scenario where, and I'll ask Brad when we're about to bring him on in here in one minute. If they were to go with three tight ends, uh, don't go with a fullback. Could they, counting Felton, could they keep seven guys at wide receiver, essentially? Is, is, is there – so you got the six that we all know plus Felton. Is, is that possible? It's certainly possible, but I would be very, very surprised if they – I would be. I think it's going to be either they pick up a fourth tight end, uh, or they definitely keep the fullback. I think at this point, Andy Janovich can play what they. Sure. What you would ask for from your fourth tight end is far more in the H back fullback, you know, realm Absolutely. of an extra blocker type thing. You're not going to ask your fourth tight end to catch a high volume of passes. Yeah. The three guys currently on the roster, as far as you know, contributions to the passing game. They're more than adequate. There's not enough targets to go around. Those are three guys that if if Harrison has made the step that it looks like he has made, and again, it's only camp. We don't know yet. But yeah. if it looks like if he's made the step that it looks like it, they have three guys that could be tight end ones a lot of places around the league. So they're more than covered in the passing game, and those guys can block too. The fourth tight end on any roster, uh, I mean, yeah, he's gonna, he might catch a few passes here sure. and there, but he's far more of an extra blocker in certain sub packages. Nice. And that would, to me – would seem to say Andy Janovich can step up and handle that role. I think it's good. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they stuck with three tight ends and Andy Janovich. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in a fourth, fourth tight, tight end, end and maybe Andy Janovich is, doesn't. Yeah. But I would be very surprised if they don't do either. either. I would, I would be very, very surprised oh. if it's three tight ends and no fullback. Right. Shout out to Desert Dog for the thousand bits. Thank you so much. And then Zalgo, Otex, thank you so much for that follow, friend. All right, Brad's ready. We're going to bring in Brad Stainbrook, who has been absolutely killing it for the OBR uh, for a while now, for a good while now. And I think people are really starting to catch on, and they should. Let's bring in Brad now. Brad, what's going on, bud? Welcome in, man. It's been a busy, it's a busy time of year for you. You've been breaking lots of stuff. Um, let's actually go back to that. I kind of want to spotlight uh, – you were the first with the uh, Carlson injury, correct? Uh, yeah, unfortunate news there. But, yeah, yeah. Carlson, uh, you know, he's going to be out for the year. Uh, tough news for him. Absolutely. And I heard you guys were talking about it. Don't forget, I think Carlson, I think he was a good target for some red zone opportunities last year, uh, along with the blocking, but I think he was a good red zone target. Uh, but now don't forget Connor Davis and Jordan Franks. Uh now we can see if one of those players can – I don't think they're going to make the 53, but a good practice squad uh, possibility for both of those guys now. Absolutely. Yeah, and as we said the other night, Jordan Franks, he didn't play a lot. And, again, you know, all caveats apply. It was twos and threes in the Jags, second half in August, all that. But he made some athletic-looking moves and, and one athletic catch that I can recall off the top yes. of my head. So, yeah, like Brad said, he may not be ready this year. He may need a red shirt year, but – you know, down the road, if they can stash him on the on the practice squad, if they need him for one game or two games here and there because of circumstance, maybe he's an interesting guy. I don't know. I didn't have much uh, 
you know, I wasn't expecting a ton from him and and uh, the other guy uh, in camp, but I was, I liked what I saw. I liked the way he moved. Go ahead, crow a little bit, Brad. I know you don't like to <laughs> to talk about yourself that much, but which you were first? You beat Adam Schefter on a few of these. Which which ones did you break last year? Go ahead, or th- this week? Go ahead and list them. Uh, this week, so I broke the uh, Carlson news and the Mac Wilson news. Uh, both of those, luckily enough, for the Orange Brown Report to be first on those. Yeah, awesome, I think you're just. You're crushing it, man, and I know you're uncomfortable talking about yourself that way, but I don't care. I'll, I'll embarrass <laughs> no, you. No, I appreciate it. It's uh, you know, it's uh, it's just good, good, uh, good start, good start. Yeah, and and honestly, Brad, I'd want to have you on this show with without you breaking stuff, but honestly, I really wanted you to come on tonight because I I, I feel like you should be spotlighted because you're a big part of the OBR. You're a big reason why people subscribe to the OBR. And I, any, I really just thought giving you this forum to talk about it was, was a must. So I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, my problem. No problem. So, uh, I I know you can't give away certain things, uh, but, uh, let me just ask you a very vague (laughs) open-ended question. And you can run Empty with it as deep soul, or as shallow Brad. as you want. Right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. What? You got any nuggets for us? <laughs> uh, How so big I is did... that? You can go any direction you want with that. All right. Let's 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 see where I want to go with this one. All right. So I did check on Grant Delpit. Uh, you know, he did leave training camp today with uh, – he re-aggravated that hamstring uh, unfortunately, I do not have an update on that one. I was told um, they're still trying to gather out, see how serious it is. Um, but it is unfortunate because, you know, the Browns were probably hoping to maybe put him out there week one, get back on practice because they have three weeks. Now, I think his status for week one is it's going to be in question. Um, so really unfortunate news there. Yeah. I do have some – what was I going to say? I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um one second. Oh, yeah. So today, uh, Rumor Central, we updated on Baker Mayfield's contract talks. There's still no real talks there. It's, it's, it's dry, which could be a reason to believe maybe a deal like Wyatt Teller, Denzel Ward. Uh, maybe those could be on the uh, front burner right now and Baker Mayfield still on the back burner. Yeah. Uh, well, that's not the not the news we wanted, but, no. uh, you know, it's better than saying talks have broken down and they're not talking to each other and all that. You know, it's not a Kirk Cousins or or uh, um, Aaron Rodgers type situation. No. So that's good, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good to see uh, Grant Delpit back out there today uh, and Ronnie Harrison. Unfortunately, we know what happened with Grant. Fingers crossed, everybody. Get your questions for Brad. Absolutely. Uh, what are you hearing from around the league? Because I know I know you have a lot of uh, contacts with agents, and obviously we're most interested in their clients that play uh, for the brown and orange on the North Shore. But I know you have guys around the league. Anybody interesting uh, that your agents have told you about that might be on the roster bubble that none of us have thought? Uh, you know, I think coming into camp, we expected Dearness Johnson to be safe, and as camp has you know developed. Uh, I, I think it's safe to put him on the bubble now uh, with with Felton and how he's performed. And I heard you guys were talking about that before I joined the show. And uh, I think Dearness Johnson should be scared at this moment uh, because Felton, he was uh, he's all over the place. And uh, I know Dearness Johnson worked really hard this offseason. It's a shame. Um, but I, I do think his job is in jeopardy. I'm not saying he's going to get cut. Obviously, there's two more preseason games you know, for him to show out. Um, and I do know that uh, – there was some uh, maybe some unhappiness in the running back room with the amount of carries that uh, other running backs did get in the first preseason game. Uh, John Kelly and uh, 
um, uh, Corey Taylor. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see, but I think Dearness Johnson could be a player that could be uh, cut come the end of the year, come end of the camp uh, uh, with Felton's performance so far. Yeah. And- yeah. See, I, and it's funny because obviously they're inside the building. They have a much better feel than I do. But I, I remember thinking in the moment when Dearness got what, like two or three carries, something like that on the first drive. And then he didn't play much after that. My thought was, okay, that means they think of him as a frontline guy. That means that, you know, they got him a little bit of work to get their knock the rust off. And now they're going to evaluate the back end of the roster. But you're saying he might have been, uh, I don't want to say upset. I don't want to try to start anything, but he might. No, yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't say upset. I would just say uh, maybe, uh, I, I don't know what word to say, but there was some, I, I, I don't know if they expected uh, to get the reps to get split up like that, if that makes sense. I got gotcha. okay. Absolutely. So the, okay. uh, other players that had hamstring issues uh, returned to practice today. Um, it might have been yesterday. It was that, yesterday or today. That be Yesterday, a, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Ronnie Harrison and uh, uh, Anthony Schwartz, third-round pick out of Auburn. How did uh, yep. anything? Any 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 news on on them? How they were? How, how their practices have been going since they returned? I, I know they're bringing them back on slowly, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, yeah, as we noted earlier, Grant Delpit, who was also coming back, he left practice today, and we should have a good update uh, tomorrow for you guys. Hopefully, we have a better understanding of uh, of that hamstring injury. I did but also a few guys. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to note ahead, that Brian. Michael Dunn. Michael Dunn, Tony Fields, uh, Miles Garrett, Redwine, MJ Stewart, and Denzel Ward uh, all did not practice today. Denzel Ward is a little bit more of a just a soreness, uh, so not really reason to concern there. Also, Miles Garrett. I'll, I'll kind of change. I saw, um, Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, just real quick. I saw Chris Hubbard and JoJo Natson were among the bike, bike brigade today. I'm guessing Hubbard was because he's coming back from that knee and they got yep. the joint practices coming up, probably just overcautious. Uh, anything on JoJo, or is he in basically the same boat? I, I would say the same boat because he you know he did suffer that injury last year, and probably you know he did get a uh, you know he was returning kicks last uh, in the preseason game, so probably just wanted to give him a day off before the intensity does pick up in the coming days with the Giants coming to town. And one more quick thing before we get to Chubb Salutely, which is a fantastic screen name. Before we get to your question, <laughs> you ain't lying. Uh, we uh, Kevin was asked about Mac Wilson uh, today, and he said he's you know I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but something like he's injured, but he's working through it. So you know the timeline is what we expect. No one it seems has asked a question or has Kevin said anything, and if they have, I've missed it about um, uh, Walker coming back because he came back a couple of days yeah. ago, and it's yeah. just been like the, the attitude seems like okay, Anthony Walker's back, and and like nobody has said anything about him. Do you have anything on Walk? Well, I, I know Walker is happy to put that injury behind him. He did talk to the media a couple of days ago, or I I think he was talking to the media, and somebody asked him about it, and he was like, I don't really want to talk about that anymore. It's it's in the past, and he's looking to move forward with that now. Yeah, and then uh, we got a question from Chubb Salutely. I'll, I'll kind of rephrase it. It's kind of hard to call out actual players. Maybe uh, not to rephrase your question too much, Chubb Salutely, but what position groups, I guess, w- w- would uh, – possibly the Browns be looking to add on as training camp. Moves um, on. I mean, this is just an idea, but maybe quarterback with the way Kyle Loretta has been playing this camp. I wouldn't be surprised the Browns ship him out of town. Uh, you know, if a team's interested in him because uh, they probably cannot keep three uh, quarterbacks on the active roster this year. I know the practice squad, but those players are eligible to be picked up one day a week. Uh, on the practice squad. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Browns maybe bring in another guy. I, I'm not 
calling out Josh Rosen, but he did just get released. And, you know, maybe the Browns swap him for, you know, Kyle Lewitta. Interesting. Interesting. And actually, here's another question. <laughs> right, right, right before that, you just, you just kind of answered that a little bit. Uh, but there's a second part to it. Even with Laletta's performance, they're they're not moving Case Keenum, right? I I doubt it. Unless the Browns need to clear out some cap space, I would I would I would doubt it. I know the Browns really like Case Keenum. I think he's a good addition to the quarterback room. Baker likes him. They're close. Uh, I would be very shocked to see Keenum available for trade. Yeah, it would have to be somebody would have to just absolutely blow them away with it. I mean, there's very few people in this league that aren't for sale at the right price. Right. I mean, Somebody comes in, blows your doors off. You trade Case Keenum, you know, but they're going to have to blow your doors off. A veteran, steady I mean, presence who has experience in this offense and everything else in what you believe is a legit Super Bowl contending year is an invaluable commodity to have on your roster. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and I always come back to this point. There's a reason that they're paying them $6 million a year. <laughs> there's there's a reason. Um Oh, question. Here's about, one. Yes. Uh, here's one for Brad. Uh, for the fullbacks, Cleveland fans love to talk about fullbacks. Uh, Stanton got a ton of reps. I think that's probably where this question came from from Ty Sox 15. Is he pushing Janovich? Are they showcasing? I'll add a little bit. Are they showcasing him for a possible low level end of camp trade? Um, anything you're hearing about the fullback room? I, I know Johnny's. Uh, I know Stanton did get a lot of reps, but Janovic's I think played pretty well, well too in that preseason game. Uh, so I wouldn't be. I just uh, that that's a good question, and I'm hmm. I I would be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked to see because uh, you know um, what's his name? I just forgot his name. Stanton. Um, Stanton? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Um Yeah, Janovic's He is getting up there in age. Uh, so I mean, and the Browns. I think he does. He is getting paid a lot for a fullback. Correct. He's he, he yeah he, yeah he he has a decent salary absolutely right yeah so and then you know stands on his rookie contract you know they brought him over from Minnesota Kevin Stefanski had him uh he spent some time in Minnesota with Kevin Stefanski so their connection is there we've had a lot of questions about um, uh, looking around at the waiver wire to try and pick up things uh, you know at the end of camp uh, I have. I had planned to start to write an article about that this week, about the waiver wire watch. It's, it just feels too early. There's not that much information out there yet. I think after this week's games, we'll start to get a bit clearer about who is really on the bubble around the league. We'll start to see those sure. uh, articles pop up from different writers from the other 31 teams. But, Brad, you t like, I, like we said, you talk to agents from everywhere. They have clients all over this league and in other leagues. Um, is there – Anyone out there um, that you have heard this early that uh, you think might be of interest to Andrew Barry in this front office? I have not, and I don't really want to speculate on that because I've been focusing on Cleveland's roster and you know who's on the bubble for Cleveland. We can talk about who's on the bubble for Cleveland, though, like players like uh, – I wouldn't say Curtis Weaver isn't on the bubble, but I, let's talk about him for a minute. He's been very quiet this camp, in my opinion, and that's that could be a good thing. I, I don't want to say that's a bad thing, but – there's not been a lot of noise on Curtis Weaver and there was in the off season, how he changed his body and all that. And then it's been very quiet, uh, this camp. Yeah. Anything on the edge room while we're talking about it? Cause, uh, you know, the top three guys didn't play, uh, last week. So the, the guys who were battling for spots got all of the reps, any word right. on anybody move up or down in the coach's eyes because of what happened in Jacksonville. I think Sheldon day. Well, he's a tackle, but, uh, I, I think him, uh, who else is there? There's, uh, you know, Malik McDowell who, who did not play, but he is back at practice now. That's, that is important to know. Um, so he, 
uh, should be playing against the Giants. He should be getting a lot of reps there. They're excited to see what they have. That size is uh, is very good. But um, Tack McKinley is still out. He's he's nowhere to be found. Uh, I don't really want to touch on that because it could be a personal matter, and hopefully he's doing good. But I just want to throw out Andrew Barry did appear on uh, 92.3 The Fan today and was asked about it, and his answer was very short, very dry, and it looked like he was very tired of answering about it. It was a very dry answer, and he um, he pretty much said Kevin's fancy addressed it, and that's all we're saying. Still nothing on that anywhere, huh? Just yeah, not even it's nothing, and everyone's acting very weird about it. So let's just hope Tack McKinley and his family are uh, are good. Yeah, that's the most important thing at this point because I think you know I said a week ago that it was interesting, but not yet concerning. I think now we're into concerning, not yet alarming, but it, we're definitely into concerning. And I think you're absolutely right. It makes sense that it's something i mean it's not out of the out of the realm for us to start wondering now if it is something potentially season or even career threatening and if it is that means that all we should really be thinking about is his he's, he's a young man his, his health he's got his whole life ahead of him i hope he's absolutely. okay whatever it is absolutely so. for sure and then you're flipping to the bronze perspective you have to wonder if they do like their depth there you know there are a lot of young guys or do they want to bring back a player like adrian claiborne uh you know who i did see a report out there today that he is getting a lot of interest but is also considering retirement uh so we'll see on that one also, Olivier Vernon, who is uh, – he should be good to go maybe late October. Uh, well, that's stretching it. Um, but, uh, you know, he's rehabbing, and he is expected to sign with the team uh, later in the season. I'm pulling for him. I, I, I hope he's able to uh, get back into the game and get rolling again. Uh, here's a quick kicker. We got a kick. We got a kicking competition, Brad. We do. It's on, <laughs> man. Mano y mano. Uh, who do you have in the kicker? Who you got leading in that competition? I think the Browns want to see Cody Parkey win that competition. And I do think he's winning it right now. Uh, he hasn't missed a kick in a regular season game. I think in like five games now, I think it was, if I saw that correctly. Uh, Chase McCoughlin has been, I think, better than expected. I think that's safe to say. Um, you know, me, Jake, Fred, we've all been at camp and we were watching it. And, you know, he's making his kicks, but so is Cody Parkey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, we did have a question. I don't know where it went. Um I love, oh, there it is. Uh, this something fun here for you. Uh, just wanted to ask about the yeah. orange jerseys. Not not sure if you've been clear about what you, you, what you think on that. I don't know. I don't know if I've heard you say anything well, about that, bro. I, uh, I mean, look, I just – we're called the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, so, but um, I, I do know, I guess, some insider information. Uh, I, they're not coming this year. I can tell you that. And people think they're going to pull them out for Halloween. Guys, it's not happening. They're not coming this year. I'm not saying they're never going to happen, but they're not coming. And also, I don't know if fans are realizing this, but the uh, anniversary jerseys are replacing the old color rush jerseys or the alternate jerseys. So without the right. stripes, those ones will not be coming back this year. And based on the mixed reaction they got last year, let's see if they come back at all or could a orange jersey replace it next year. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, our, our 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 awesome graphics guy Seth, not a fan of the orange jerseys. I see. I I think I'm okay with them if if they were with brown pants. I think that would look okay. I don't know. I'm I'm easy. I don't. I know. mean, they tried them out in what what was it 2014, and yeah, they looked like a traffic cone. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> giant traffic cone pumpkins. Yes, I yeah, did. I did think that because. They they sold those orange chub jerseys a couple weeks ago, and then they were only up for a week, and then they were gone. I, I think they sold yeah, out. Yeah, and I did 
I did check with somebody inside the organization on that one. I was like, well, what are these? Did they get leaked on accident? Blah, blah, blah. I was told no. Uh, the Browns weren't really aware those were being sold. Um, and Interesting. It, now they're gone. So that tells you that. <laughs> they were just clearing out old. They found a box in the back of the warehouse. And they said, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's move to the to the position that everybody always loves to talk about in Cleveland, no matter if it's the top uh, of the roster or the bottom of the roster. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, we've got the Giants coming in uh, for the joint practices. And then, of course, they're playing at First Energy Stadium uh, against the New York football Giants. And nobody under the age of 40, 45 knows why I say it that way. But uh, have you heard anything? Will Baker, I, I think I know the answer, but everybody always likes to ask. So I'm going to ask you. Will Baker Mayfield get even a series this coming week? Uh, I don't know. I did see uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be playing, I think it was a half, if I'm not mistaken. So that's yeah. – but I just know the Browns are following suit with a lot of teams in the NFL, and they're not going to be playing guys at all. And I think Baker Mayfield, uh, this week he should be focusing on those time, those reps inside practice, not in the games. And I, I would be surprised to see the Browns throw him out there. Um I think we'll, we could see him in Atlanta week three, maybe for a drive or two, but the Browns want to be careful on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Get those guys a series, maybe two at the most in Atlanta, just to knock the rust off and get back out there. And, you know, and, again, as I've said a hundred times on here, you don't want your first live snaps to be in Arrowhead Stadium against Patrick Mahomes and company. And, uh, you know, that's a tough ask for any team. And we have the, I think the Browns have the talent to go in there and win. But uh, you want to make sure everything is just perfect before you get in there. So um, as we always like to do when you're on here, too, I like to give you at least one forum to say, what have we not asked you about? What topics have we not gotten to that you want to get out there? Uh, Go for Uh, it. I am interested in with his former team coming into town, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm interested to see what his role is in this joint practice. I know the Browns have been bringing him on slowly, and I would be surprised to see them ramp it up when the Giants are in town. Uh, He hasn't talked to the media at all this camp, and I think that's on design. I think the Browns are bringing him on slowly. Uh, I think he'll be ready week one, but I'm just interested to see what role he has in these joint practices. Sure. And I, I, I hit Fred with this, uh, and I saw I'm going to hit you with it too, Brad. I want to get your take on it. Do you think that like, – do you think Baker Mayfield is going to take a snap in this preseason? Do I think? I'm not sure. Uh, I think he should, but yeah. I, I, I'm not – I think Kevin Stefanski and I think it's the trend that we're going to see a lot around the league and yep. for the years coming, especially with this extra game added to the regular season. I, I just think teams want to be careful. And I think they're getting a lot of the, uh, the important things down in practice. So if, 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 this, if some of the starters like Baker and uh, OBJ or Chubb, any of those guys do get some reps in the preseason, are you, do you think that's probably going to be the Atlanta game preseason game number three? Yeah, I, I'd be shocked unless, unless they have a very relaxed two days with the giants and they're not, but I think that's going to be a physical, I, I heard, I did, I do know they're not going to do live cackling, but I think they're going to get their work in with the giants in Berea, not downtown at first energy. Uh, and you know, Sunday will be another day to watch these players on the bubble and see how they perform. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious how this week, how, how it, this second game against the giants differs from the first one in Jacksonville and, and I'm, I'm actually I, I I want to see Felton get some carries. I want to see it. Brad. Yeah, and I I know he's been getting a lot of you know with the wide receivers being hurt. Um, you know a, a couple bubble players that've been dealing with hamstring injuries. They've been throwing him in there, but I, I I do think we'll see him in the backfield a couple times uh, 
in Cleveland this Sunday, which will be exciting to see, honestly, because we haven't seen him back there yet. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Without question. Uh, well, uh, we thank you for coming on. Is there a, any any questions that we haven't asked that you wanted to touch on in your spot here tonight? I'll give you an open forum here before you get out of here. Uh, no, I think we covered on it. Doing a great. He's such an easy guest, guys. He's such a great guest. He you is. Know, he's... <laughs> he's fantastic. No, Brad, you're doing. You're you're killing it, brother. And just keep up the great work, man. I know you will. And it. Uh... It's going to be a pleasure uh, working with you all season long and just keep doing it. I your appreciate thing. it. Dude, you're crushing it. Keep doing it. Pe people are loving it. And guys, guys, 75% off on the OBR website to get info from this man, Brad Stainbrook, plus Lane Atkins and our other insiders. Ask the, you can do the Ask the Insiders, Rumor Central, access to VIP articles. It ends today. This is it. 75% off. Get it while it's hot kids get it while it's hot and you'll be able to get this info from brad uh i mean brad broke brad you broke a couple things this week alone my friend and just keep crushing it man i appreciate it thanks guys all right brad browns by brad yes. the great uh, brad stainbook thank you for coming on uh we've got uh, another guest coming up in in just a few minutes uh but we did want to get to some stuff kevin stefanski has had a couple of press conferences the last few days uh, they've been back at practice. We've met, as we've mentioned for the past hour with Fred and Brad, some guys are back, some guys uh, came back and then left again. Uh, yep. You know, they're they're getting ready for these uh, uh, for these joint practices with the Giants and then the uh, uh, the game with them at First Energy Stadium on Sunday. So we wanted to get to a couple of those things. He was just talking about uh, Demetric Felton. Uh, so let's go. Kevin Stefanski was actually asked. I think it was today. It was either today or yesterday. He was specifically asked about uh, Demetric Felton getting uh, reps at uh, running back. So, and uh, let's see what he had to say about that. College, Zach, so you knew he'd be able to do both. Uh, we have always planned to bounce him back and forth. There's been some injuries to the wide receivers that have made it really necessary for him to go into that room for some extended periods of time. He's done a really nice job with both. Uh, so we're going to try and keep him at the running back position as much as we can this week, get a good look at him there. But uh, with his tape and his experience, it's not surprising that he can do both. Yeah, good uh, good stuff uh, from Kevin there. And I think in that clip that we showed um, was that punt return that I was uh, so excited about. And people have asked me, about, you know, why sure. is a four-yard punt return? Why right. are you so excited about it? Well, if you watch the clip, that dude was in his pocket when he caught the ball. And he just, without – making it look like it was a big deal, just kind of whoop, and the guy was by him and yeah. then he made another guy miss too. That was just a tremendous four yard punt return. And, and true to his word, Kevin said there, that was from before practice. We're going to see him and running back. We're going to get him there as much as we can this week. And from what Fred said, what Brad said, what other people who were there have said, that's what they did. Well, he got a lot of work in the running back room today. Well, you know, I'm going to ask you and I'm going to ask the chat too. Uh, anyone answer this question for me. Cause in the pregame show, in the OBR pregame show for the Jaguars game, we all listed our top five players to watch. And my number one was Demetric Felton. Am I getting a little too overexcited about the potential of Felton? I don't I, because I, I, why I was excited that they that they drafted him in the first place was I feel this offense needs and this team, not even just the offense, they the team in general kind of needed a specialist kind of player like this, or as Fred called him a Swiss army knife. I, 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 
I'm excited to see what he can do on on kick returns. Punt, you know, if he, if he steps into those role and returns, running the football, I'm I'm hoping he gets five carries this this upcoming game. I I, I want to see it and what he flashed, how 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 he can catch the football, Steve. My goodness, that I can't get over that uh, when the Browns scored right before the half. Uh, it was a big third and two play uh, right around midfield. One hell of a grab, man, and got me out of my seat. So am, am I overreacting a little bit, getting too excited about Demetric Felton? Well, I don't think you're overreacting. It's it's right to be excited when somebody yeah. shows that kind of ability. Now, as we've said and everybody else has said so many times, we're all tired of hearing it, but nevertheless, it's true. It was the first preseason game. It was August 14th. So as long as you're not saying, oh, well, this proves that, you know, this, this, and that doesn't prove anything. But – as we've seen so many times in the past with the dearth of talent this team had for the last 20 years before the last couple of years, this roster is exceptional, but we've seen rosters where, yeah, it's August 14th. They should be looking great and they still look like crap. So you would much rather have a guy show this so that the question is <coughs> that can he re replicate this in the regular season? And the question is not, why can't he do it against somebody's backups? You want him to go out there and look that dominant against Jacksonville's twos and threes. That's what you want. So do I think you're getting too excited about his potential? No, because you have stated that, you know, you still need to see more. Now, there are some sure. people out there that after one half of football, they want us to trade, you know, let Wyatt Teller walk and trade Joel Batonio because Michael Dunn can do this and and get rid of uh, Keenum because, you know, uh, Kyle Lalletta looks so good and all that. That's overreacting, in my opinion, okay? But saying, wow, I want to see more from this kid because of what he showed in week one. No, I don't think that's over uh, overreacting whatsoever. I tell you, that's back to uh, – Ty Sox brings up DPJ from last year, who was also a six-round pick. Holy smokes, man. That's that's too – this could – I mean, obviously, we're – you know, we, <laughs> we got to let it play out, but – Right now, that's looking like bat. And you're our draft analyst. Right now, on paper, that's looking like really two really good solid picks in the sixth round, back to back years. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's like I always say. People always every year in the draft, day three is my favorite day. Everybody always says that. I mean, yes, everybody knows the top 100. That's where you get your starters and everything. But if you pay attention and you do your homework. There are gems to be found on day three in the fifth, sixth, and even into the seventh round in some years. Now, the hit rate is obviously much lower. And if you swing and miss on a super athletic guy and he doesn't work out, it's a six-round pick. You hate to waste a six or seven. You hate to waste any pick. But if you're going to miss, that's the place to miss. But if you do your homework, Aaron Jones was a third round uh, or a th day three guy. I mean, there's guys out there every single day. And we now have a front office that not only recognizes that, but from all accounts, uh, you know, it's a small sample size, knows how to go out there and what to look for at that point. Absolutely. And here, here's a good point. I mean, it is exciting. It is uh, the fact that because we're, for, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not trying to forget about Schwartz. I was. I know you you were you're our draft analyst here at the OBR and uh, I wasn't with the OBR yet but you and I were friends and we've been friends for a while for years now and you know you, you were telling me about Schwartz back in February dude <laughs> I mean it's been it's this was a tremendous and it looks like there's another one coming up this was a tremendous wide receiver class him yes. uh, Amir Smith Marset uh, Jalen Darden um, um, uh, the kid that's balling out in uh, Michael Strawn, the kid from Charleston, who's balling out in Indianapolis. These were all guys that, if you're if you're into the draft, you knew about them, and and they have the athletic ability to do what they're doing now. So, 
Um, yeah, he was one of the guys that if you drafted him, you knew what you were going to use him for as a rookie. You hope he can develop into a full spectrum Absolutely. wide receiver over the years. But at minimum this year, as long as he's healthy, you know he can do certain things. And I think somebody brought up him and Felton. And how we talked all during the draft season and during the last part of last year that team speed was lacking. They needed to get faster on both sides of the ball. You look at Schwartz. You look at Felton. You look at the guys they added on defense. JOK is a blur. Greg Newsom is very fast. They've added speed. speed. This team speed yep. from last year to this year is stark. I mean, yep. it is startling, yep. the difference. And that's the thing. Not all these guys are going to work out. Some of them will. The point is we're faster regardless. Yeah. And to answer this question, yeah. I, 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 was gonna I, yeah. I would say A.J. Green is as close to a lock as a fifth cornerback can get at this early stage. Sure. He's really playing well. And the fact that they invested in him so highly as a UDFA last year uh, means that they want to give him every opportunity. And there's another question from Shruni earlier I wanted to get to. Sure. Uh, you asked it a couple of times. Yes. Uh, and that's something to do, by the way. If if you ask a question in the chat Repeat and we don't it. get to it and it gets buried, it's not because we're ignoring you. It's just no. there's only so much time. Just So do this. Yeah. You know, pop it back up again. We'll try to get to it. Because I got this one yeah. screen over here, and sometimes right. I'm looking at chat, and sometimes I'm looking at something else from a producer's end. So, yeah, please, what, what Steve right. said, repost the question, definitely. And, and My answer apologies. Your, answer your question, Shruni. Um, I, I can't say for sure that that's even what they were trying to do. It certainly seemed like it, uh, as we said on the show uh, and in print and other people have said it. Uh, it certainly seemed like they liked what they saw. They wanted to get him some work. And now maybe they're trying to sneak him onto that stash on IR for the year because he definitely needs a red shirt year. He's got some fun athletic tools, but hes I, I don't think he's ready for the, the 53 quite yet. And somebody that athletic might not make it to the waiver wire. Uh, through the waiver wire if there are, are um, injury issues, but he's made it through at this point. So if they're they're able to get him and then stash him on IR, that would be fantastic. But I can't say for sure that that's what happened. I can't even say for sure that that's exactly what they were trying to do. But, you know, a lot of these guys with the injuries, uh, that's what they, they, they try to do with these guys. It's, it's a sneaky way. Belichick has been doing it for 20 years. Other teams have finally figured out that, you know, they're not going to show up at your house and smack you on the wrist with a ruler like a nun from the 50s in, in Catholic school or something like that. So a lot of these guys are trying to do that. Uh, we did have some other questions from Kevin. We got our, uh, our question or we've got our guest coming up at 815. Uh, Michael Keefe will be here. Uh, so I want to get to a couple more of these um, these videos before that. But let's go ahead and answer this. If Tony Fields doesn't play in the preseason game, does he see him in the regular season? I would say he's another one that is a candidate for to be stashed on IRR. He yeah. was on the bikes today, it's, which was new for him. Yeah. Um, but it seems like he was a rookie fifth round pick in a, in a room where, and this is difficult to believe right. in a linebacker room that is overflowing right now uh, with guys uh, too many guys to keep them all. So his, it was a tough road for him to begin with, but I, they like what they've seen with him. They, uh, I liked what I saw with him. I no, first noticed him at the Senior Bowl in January and then uh, really started to get on that day three train for him and Garrett Wallow. Those were my two uh, day three linebacker sure. guys. But he also, especially after he's missed this much time as a yeah. rookie, it's just hard to see him making the initial 53. Yeah, and obviously I'm speculating, but it, it, it very much seems that he's going down the same path, the, uh, the same as Curtis Weaver last year. It seems to be on the same kind of uh, trajectory there. Uh, we got another one here. Uh, guys, it is – Steven, you can confirm this with me. 
Tack McKinley, uh, Stephen and I were both excited about this signing. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of the staff of the OBR and analysts of the OBR really did like this signing. However, it has been as dark as you c- can believe. It's there is nothing, nothing. Brad hasn't heard anything. Lane Atkins hasn't heard anything. It's been completely dark. Um, hopefully, I gotta believe Steve over the next. We should know more. I would think. By the beginning of September, I would sure hope so. I would think so. But again, I hate to speculate what's going on. Yeah, nobody has a clue. And if Brad and Lane haven't heard, that means nobody has heard. I would think that at least the team has to know something by the beginning of next week because they got to move. Yeah. You know, if he if he's gone, gone, they need to make a move. Uh, in the edge room. So he needs to let the team know that. And I'm sure he will. I'm sure they're, they're talking behind the scenes. They know what's going on. They've just done a very good job. And rightfully so, if it is a serious family health issue, rightfully so, they have kept it an extremely tight lid on it. Um, But we might not know something for a few more weeks, but I have to believe the team and Andrew Barry will know something by early next week. Uh, we've we got our guest coming on in a minute, but I did want to get to one more. Yeah. Uh, Kevin was asked today about these joint practices. How fast is it going to go? Uh, who are you going to be uh, working on? Um, uh, is this a definitive moment? Or are there going to be jobs that are decided on in these next few questions, uh, next few days? And I did want to get Kevin's answer up here uh, before we bring Michael in. Uh, so get your uh, questions in the chat ready for Michael Keith from Garage Beer's uh, 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 podcast. But let's listen to what Kevin had to say about these two joint practices that are coming up with the New York football giants. I spoke way back when in, in the spring and talked about doing this and very open-ended with what do you need to see, what do, what do we need to see, and here's what we've done, and share some schedules together and, and then modify it with the coaches as the coaches uh, talk to each other. It's You're not running cards to that point. It, it's will be competitive periods, but AVP will script the offense and, and get that to their defense coaches, say, hey, we're in this personnel in these plays so that they can script their defense. So it's you're, you're working together to make sure you get good work. With these two days, obviously it's, it's great work against a, a really quality opponent. Uh, and then with the preseason game, but we don't want to overvalue these two days versus you know last week Thursday or whatever it is. We want to make sure that this whole thing uh, is a body of work. Uh, will it be a good uh, opportunity for guys to to go up against a different scheme? Absolutely. But to say that jobs will be decided by these two, I think would probably be a little strong. Which is pretty much what we all thought. You know, it, it, it's definitely a measuring stick. It's your first, you know, uh, serious live action that this, the, a lot of the starters are going sure. to see against sure. uh, against somebody in a different color jersey, uh, which is always valuable. But is this the end? Are they going to decide, you know, the third and fourth uh, tight end and the third and fourth backup guard based on two practices in the middle of August with still two games and three weeks to go? I find that hard to believe, but it is going to be interesting. And I did like that. It was interesting for him to say they're going to be going live, full speed. Everything will be full speed except no tackling to the ground. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if in that scenario, maybe Odell gets some reps in the practice. I doubt we'll see him in the game, but it'll be interesting to see if they know they can't tackle him to the ground. Maybe they get him out there just to get him knock the rust off like we've been saying. Let's go ahead and bring our guest in. Uh, and, and get his thoughts on uh, this kind of stuff. Uh, Michael Keefe, kind enough to join us. The Garage Beers podcast. If you're not following Michael or following the Garage Beers podcast on Twitter, please go ahead and give them a follow. They were gracious enough to have Andy and I on their podcast. Absolutely. Um, 
I would ask you what beer you're drinking, but since it's, you know, uh, we don't have one. I, oh, there we go. Okay. I mean, I mean, what on. happens on his? You pod. think it's a game, what, Steven? What are you, you think it's a game? Sure. This is a lifestyle. Our, this is my life. People, my friend. What are you drinking? <laughs> this is my life. Uh, no, guys, we're coming on to talk Browns. Uh, first of all, I am not a summer guy at all. Uh, it's humid and it's hot. And so fall things are starting to happen. And I love when that happens. I just love it. So they released pumpkin from Southern tier, a good old fashioned classic, uh, pumpkin beer. And I cracked open the pumpkin. It's our recording night tonight. So that'll be my beer for the podcast this week. Uh, but I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to bring it on. I thought you recorded <laughs> on Wednesday. Cause he asked, he's like, should I ask Mike? Cause we, we, we were, not to make you feel like we didn't want you, but like it was just one of those days. You know how it goes when you're trying to book someone for a podcast yes. and everything just falls through to shit. Yeah, that was that was kind of today. That and, was my day, too. Yeah, so it's fine. Yeah. So you, you can deal. But uh, yeah, Stephen and I actually we went on with you. Uh, very awesome for you to have us on when you did, because uh, it was actually before I think Stephen and I had just dropped literally one episode of he and yes. I together. Uh, when it was announced that I was going to the OBR and taking not the same old Browns podcast to the OBR and bringing on Steven as a co-host. So thanks again for having us on. And uh, if you guys have not followed, uh, seriously, guys, if you guys are into podcast and Cleveland sports podcast like I am, uh, the Garage Beers podcast is great. Uh, these dudes really, one, they're funny, they're knowledgeable fans. And Mike, you're, you know, pretty talented. I think, and well, uh, you really kind of drive the ship as the host of of, of the three. But uh, how long have you guys been doing the podcast now? Now we started. Uh, we had very unfortunate timing on the start of the podcast. It was March of 2020, uh, so just literally as everything shut down because of the pandemic, we were like, "Yeah, let's start a podcast." Uh, what are we going to talk about? Sports. There were no sports going on for like the first four months of our podcast, uh, but. You know, we've been really lucky, whether it was you guys. Uh, and I like how you said that, Andy. It was it was great of us to have you on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but it was great having you guys on. Uh, we've just been so lucky to have guests. And 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 uh, we uh, we really pride ourselves on on the people like you guys that come on and talk with us. And, and we just have a ton of fun with yeah, it. So because you guys had Troy Hill on, right? We did. Yeah. yeah. Right when he uh, just after he decided to sign, he came on with us. He was a blast. Guys got one of the best laughs I've ever heard uh, in my life. <laughs> Uh, but we've had all kinds of great guests. Uh, uh, we've got good friends. Uh, we've had Channing Fry from the Cavs to uh, uh, we had Joe Tate uh, from the Cavs as well. I mean, uh, a week before he passed away, uh, which was yeah. sad to hear. But yeah, we just we're very lucky uh, and and we have a great time with it. So if you want to come follow us and, and give us a listen, uh, we think you'll like it. I love well, it. the question, uh, the topic we were on, I'm sure you heard uh, right before, was what to expect in these upcoming joint practices with the New York football giants and then the game uh, against that same team at First Energy Stadium on Sunday. <clears throat> Just generally, your thoughts on what you hope, expect, uh, don't want to see from the next two days, the joint practices. Yeah, I think everybody feels the same way. Just nothing stupid, right? Like, I like these joint practices. I like that you... I like that we did it with, I think it was Indianapolis last year. I think, uh, I, I like that you bring in, it, it naturally with these people, with these men that play this game, when you see people in another jersey and you're out on the field with them, naturally your competitive juices are going to go through the roof more than they do in a normal practice. So with that being said, all I really care about, like all I really care about, just nothing stupid, like nothing. We don't need, nobody needs to be taken out knees or like, 
you know, it scares me. And I, I heard you guys talking about Odell a little bit. I don't want him anywhere near it. I don't, oh. you know, a lot of the starters, I don't want him anywhere oh. near it. Cause you're going to have a guy on the giants that's doing everything he can to make the team. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be going a thousand miles an hour, which is fair, but I don't need Odell Beckham in the way of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and if you remember, it wasn't uh, uh years back. He got injured, hurt his ankle or the foot against the, against against the Browns. Browns. It was a body yeah. Calhoun. I think that hit oh, him low. God. I think yes. well, wasn't it body Calhoun. I think it was, uh, I, I think mean, it was, I think yeah, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I'm I'm just gonna say it right now. I will be stunned. I will be absolutely stunned. Yeah. And Steve, and I sure you agree with me, and I think Mike does too. I don't think OBJ is gonna play a single snap in this entire preseason. I I, I will honestly be surprised. I will. I, I mean, I, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I don't I, like. I don't, I don't know him. that I need to see any of them. No. Uh, like, I don't know who I need to see. <laughs> like, I'm I'm looking out there. I'm looking out there last weekend at Tom Brady playing in a preseason game for the Bucks, which I'm sure is his choice, and maybe that's his ritual or whatever, yeah. just getting crushed by Osai down there in Cincinnati. And I'm like, I don't want Baker out there. at Like, I don't want any of these guys out there. Get It's a funny thing, right, guys? And not to, like, change the topic, but it, it's so weird. I, I never know how to react to these preseason games. As a fan, I always overreact, right, because that's what we do. But this year is so different, right? Like, I'm not overreacting because Cody Kessler looked good in a second preseason game or, like, uh, Monterio Hardesty had a 60-yard run in the third quarter of a preseason game. I'm overreacting because, like, the depth on this team, man, is just – we've never had depth like this. We've ne- Like, these guys that are out there, I'm like, this team would beat the the team that didn't win any games and none of our starters were in. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah, that's what's great is that, uh, you know, all the debates and the questions and everything are about the bottom of the roster. Um, it, it's such a new world for us. But this, like we've been saying all off season, this is rich team problems, man. And, and we're going to have to get used to it as Cleveland's fans. So I'm since that's used to it, see. <laughs> there, there's the topic, <laughs> let me ask you this. We ask this from every guest and then we all give our stuff we all give our opinions and you know it's all over twitter and every place else so i'll ask you here on our airwaves give us uh somebody you think might not make the 53 that might raise some eyebrows and somebody you think might make the 53 that might that could raise some eyebrows man you go um, bold baby don't be scared go bold well, it's no, tough it, this year it, it is. it's always it it's is. always the same answers right it's always the same it's the same answers it's it's mac wilson and through all through all all reports is that he's having a great camp and he looks great. But I think the, you know, I, I think there's another guy that I think he's been okay, but I don't think he gets talked about as at risk. But I, I don't I think like I think a guy like Taki Taki could be at risk if they're good enough at linebacker and JOK is is gonna play that hybrid type position. If Mac Wilson's great, I mean uh I saw I saw it come across the screen, Hodge. Uh, you know, wh- how many receivers can you have? Yeah, uh, I think I think the the Felton Dearness Johnson thing is fascinating it is. Uh, because I think I like them both, but they're not going to keep Dearness Johnson over Felton if that becomes a battle. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, I think I think uh, I hate to be the I hate to be the like kind of the guy that just says what everybody else says, but I'm sure Mac Wilson comes up a lot. Um, I, I don't know how many guys can he keep. I, I answered the same question two weeks ago, and I went super bold because they have a lot of young players in this room, and it's so much uncertainty in the interior defensive line room. 
and he was out of shape at minicamp. And uh, and honestly, he, Stephen, by all accounts, Andrew Billings did not pl- in the limited snaps he had. He didn't play that. He didn't jump off the tape, did he? He was spotty. He had some good reps. He had yeah. some bad reps. So you know, that's uh, we'll my shocker. Happened. I'm sticking to it. That's my and and it's not. I'm not rooting for for Andrew Billings to to not make the 53. I want it because I. I Steven, I was you and I talked about it last year, even before we were colleagues here. We were just friends. You and I both thought that the Andrew Billing sign, signing was the under the radar. And if I'm not mistaken, Mike, I think we talked about it when yeah. we came on your show. We did about how that was an under the radar uh, signing uh, last off season, but then he opted out for the COVID, and right here we are. Um, I, I, I mean, he is like you say. What do you say, Steve? All the time, he's two men. I mean, this guy is massive. Mm-hmm. So. But you look at you look at his position too, though. I mean, again, go back to just first world team problems, right? The Browns lost both of their of their interior linemen from last year. Their starters are yeah. both gone, and now you look at their interior line, and without Billings, you're still looking at at Malik Jackson, and you're looking at a draft pick and Tommy Togi and, and Sheldon Day looked great in that game, yeah, and he did. and like all of a sudden again, there's just this depth everywhere that. Yeah, a guy like Billings, some of these veteran guys that uh, uh, I see Malcolm Smith. He was another guy that came into my mind. Yep. Uh, he was solid last year, but he didn't yeah. jump out. It, that's who you're. But that's that's where we're at, Browns fans. That's where we're at. This is what we're doing. And I couldn't be more excited. We're not talking about cutting these guys like the arguments we've had over the years <laughs> over these back end of the roster guys that nobody's ever heard of. Like nobody's ever heard of these guys, and I, we're like, "Oh, I can't cut him." Oh, it's what? Great priest. I remember Brandon Whedon's preseason <laughs> under Norv Turner. I think it was Norv Turner's first year as OC. That would have been the Chud year. Yeah, the only Chud year. Whedon lit it up in that preseason, and then you know the rest is kind of. And he got caught under yeah. the flag and was never the I same. I would be, I would be stunned if Andrew. I, I still think Andrew Billings is going to be fine. Um, I would be stunned if, if he's not on the roster, uh, partly because, you know, he's a veteran presence and Andrew Barry went out and got him and they really don't have anybody else to play the way he plays right now. And also because uh, there's a lot of names, as we've been saying, there's a lot of potential, but there's nobody, there, there's not a lot of guys you can count on outside of Malik Jackson in that room. And apparently Sheldon Day, uh, uh, Sheldon Day and Damian Square were, were hired or hired. They were signed as insurance. They're steady veteran presence on the interior of the defensive line. They're not Aaron Donald, but they're not going to you know, get blown off the ball. They know their assignment. They're going to do it. They're going to be solid. So if these young guys don't take steps up, they know they have some guys they can play this year. Now, that being said, it's very difficult to see a, a top 130 pick in Tommy Togiai not making this roster. And right. I think he's got tremendous credential. They obviously really liked Marvin Wilson and he is not going to make it through waivers. If they try to go that way, Martin Lee McDowell still a wild card. So if they were to, to go with Billings and that's a bold choice, man, it certainly is. Uh, I, I think they would be leaving themselves exceptionally vulnerable unless they find somebody on the sure. waiver wire or in the trade where now my long shot to make the roster has already been proven wrong. 
uh, in Keandre Thomas. But the <laughs> fact that they played him so much last week and right. then put him, they waived him with an injury designation. I'm hoping the question from Shruni earlier is true that they're trying to stash him. And right. if that's the case, then I feel good about my choice because they see something in him and I saw it too. So I pat myself on the back for that a little bit. But <laughs> I'm already wrong in my first prediction uh, of the year well, there. So, well, let me ask you this because when we brought up that question, it was supposed to be something bold. And I, I went bold with Billings. That's pretty bold. If, my if if that were to come to fruition would day be the one to take his role steve you would think at this point mike yeah that would i mean that would be my first thought but uh, but again it's, you've got young guys you've got you, you you don't know but day day looks like he's that next in line i know steve likes him i know you, you, you every time i've talked to you steve over the last five months and you know me i kept bringing up that interior defensive line room because it is fascinating i i it's it's there's a lot of questions that need to be answered but i think we're i think we all think there's a lot of potential in that room but highly questionable potential is is the problem and uh you've been talking about day for months with me man well and in a year where you legitimately think you have a shot to hoist a lombardi it's not like it's three years ago where they can go, well, we'll just play them all and, and see who, who steps up because we're looking to the future and that kind of stuff. They need they need top end play at, at this Absolutely. point. But let's get to some fun stuff now with Mike. Let's let's talk yeah. about uh, the season as a whole. Um, you know, the, the questions at this time of year. Uh, win totals. Do they win the division? Do you know, can they compete for the AFC? Give us. Give us your big uh, general outlook. How bu- I know you're bullish like everybody else is. How bullish are you on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see no reason to think at, at any point would they regress from what they did last year and they won 11 games. <laughs> I mean, so uh, they did nothing to weaken their team. And obviously, again, you're always one thing away from happening that changes that outcome. You're one bad hit or you're one whatever away from something changing that outcome. But things that are... Uh, uh, all things considered, everybody healthy and everything, 11 wins should be the baseline. I think they can do better. When it comes to the division, guys, we're in one of the toughest divisions in football. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are the Baltimore Ravens, and they're not going to be bad. We're all talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers like they're going to suck. They won the division last year. Uh, And and they're not going to be as good as they were last year, or they probably won't. But you never know with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Still got a great defense and a great they, wide receiver room and a new running back. And we can all make fun of him as much as we want, but he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, So we're going to find out about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if you think they're going to be a five-win team, I think you're out of your mind. The Cincinnati Bengals aren't going to be a pushover. Uh, so we saw that with them last year. They were not easy to beat. Uh, so, yeah, guys, I think, listen, for me, this season is – it feels like here's I, I this is like weighed heavily on me because this is what we've seen with Cleveland teams. It feels like when a team gets to where the Browns got last year, they finally, finally reached a bit of their potential, right? Yeah. You either take that next step or you fall down the like you you flush yourself down the toilet. And it feels like we've seen our teams in Cleveland in any sport either get to that precipice and then flush themselves down the toilet and i feel like it's such a huge year for the browns but i think they're there i don't i I see nothing i think baker mayfield like i'm looking at i'm looking at his connections that he's gonna have guys we've you guys have talked about this you're smarter than i am about this stuff uh 
this is the first time Baker Mayfield has gone into a, a second year in the same offensive system. Yes. Can't, like if you don't think that can't be understated, man. Anybody that's talking trash about Baker Mayfield, you're not thinking about that. He was one of the last half of last season. And I know it's a small sample size. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football. And now he gets a full off season, which he didn't have last year. And he gets it in the same exact system that he finally got comfortable with. Yeah. And that, that doesn't just apply to Baker though. That applies to the offensive linemen that applies to the wide receivers. Like we've all questioned the, the connection maybe between Baker and Odell. I think you watch what happens there this year. So I think for me this year is, I think it's explosive. I think the defense is going to show everybody that they're right to be excited about them. And I think, I think Odell Beckham is for the first time going to show you why everybody was so excited that they brought him here. Yes, absolutely. He hasn't been healthy since he got here. He absolutely right. has not been healthy. And at the beginning of last year, he was open. So our, our friend Sam Penix did a great uh, film clip thread a few weeks ago. Yeah. He was open so many times, but they were all so new in the offense. Baker just didn't see him. You yeah. know, he, he just didn't see him in the progressions at that point. But absolutely. I think everything you're talking about points back it goes up the ladder in, in the organizational flow chart. Yes. It's all because after years of being lambasted, deservedly so, for zigging and zagging constantly, the Haslam's got it right. They got yes. everyone in that building rowing the boat in the same direction. Cohesion, vision, all these words that everybody made yeah. fun of two years ago <laughs> yeah. that matters man I, you can see it they have all bought in because they all know the plan and they know what's expected of them and they know what will happen if they deliver and if they don't deliver absolutely it starts there now the players all have to buy in and everything we saw last year and have continued all offseason and so far this season shows that, that that wasn't just lip service. They absolutely buy into the system. The free agents that signed here, they come and they say things like, you come to the Cleveland Browns, you immediately see that it's all about team. When was the last time we heard that? <laughs> I, I, so uh, it certainly was not when Dwayne Bow was collecting no, a paycheck. I mean, you got to go back. Mike to Holmgren the, didn't say it. You got to go back to the Clinton administration, man. Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah. No, guys, it, and it's but yeah, the, it, the it one all guy comes back to this. The one guy I want to <laughs> go ahead because you brought up uh, Jimmy Haslam, and the guy that mm -hmm. I, I that I think has had such a huge hand in all of this, Paul D. Podesta needs to get shouted out. Paul D. Podesta, yes. if you remember when they hired Freddie Kitchens, who did Paul D. Podesta want? He wanted Kevin Stefanski. He, wanted Kevin. Yeah. he knew it. He wanted Dayball when they hired uh, Hugh Jackson. It yeah. was, he you is know, the uh, guy. He's the guy that I think Paul D. Podesta is the guy that finally looked at Jimmy Haslam and said, let me build this. Yep. And, right. and, and he's not building the team. Let me build the structure of this organization. Let me handle that. Yep. And he did. And he did a marvelous job, and that's. I think he. I think everybody should talk about him all the oh, time. Oh, I praise him yeah. as much as I can, and I feel terrible for about a year or two when I called him Jonah Hill or Bootleg Jonah Hill, <laughs> and I completely take every word I've ever said about that man back. Um, I'm happy to have Paul Depot here. He, and that's such a great and, point, and I couldn't agree more. Go ahead, Steve. And like I said at the, at the beginning, they took they get to a lot of jibes. I made a lot of jokes at Jimmy Haslam's expense. I was far from the only one, but we all did it for years. And but in the last two years, I have said it here, I have said it in print, I have said it on Twitter, and I'll repeat it again. Credit where credit is due. Absolutely. It took a while, 
but they finally got it right. And the, so kudos to the Haslam's for finally getting it right. Let's get back to our questions. Yeah, here's our a good question here. Question. You, you and I have talked Fantastic. about this off, off stream too, Stephen. You and I have discussed this. I think it's it's a viable option. It could be because Brad just sat here and told us, Brad <coughs> Stainbrook doing great work for the OBR, just sat here and told us that Delpit's in high question for week one, man. Well, Mike, I'm going to give you first shot at this. I want to hear what our guest thinks about this question. Yeah, well, I, again, I sometimes I think uh, sometimes I think position titles are a little overblown. I think JOK is going to play a safety position anytime he's kind of out on the field, but I also think he's going to play a linebacker position and an edge rusher, rusher position, and he's going to do it all at the same time. And and I think that's why they loved him as much as they did, and I think that's why Browns fans are going to love him is because he can do any of that. Uh, I also think you're you're deep at safety. I think, you know, Delpit and his health, obviously in question, We, you know, you guys probably already talked about today and and an injury uh, to him today. And I don't know if that ever came out, what, what happened. But uh, but you, st you still have Harrison and obviously you have John Johnson. Uh, JOK can get back there, but you still have uh, the other guy like uh, uh, LeCount. Uh, I, I, you kind of forget why he fell the way he did. Right. Because when he was healthy in college, he was talked about as like a day one, day two draft pick. Like he's super talented and he showed it uh, yeah. in the game. So I think they have depth. I don't, I, I just don't know. I don't know that they would list uh, JOK as like the, as the safety, but I certainly think you'll see him playing back there. Yeah, I think it's like I said, you can call him whatever you want, but right. he's going to take – if he's playing what would traditionally be a safety responsibility in a given package or in a certain set of downs, I don't care if you put an LB by his name or, or an edge or – hell, put a QB yeah. by his name. doesn't matter. On that play, he's a safety. So, yes, I think he could, in certain packages, take over some of the safety depth responsibilities if they wanted to do that. Uh, I don't think, especially as a rookie, he's going to get – you know, listed as one or, or practice in the room or, or, you know, anything like that. But yeah, I think with, between him and Moffitt and, uh, and uh, LeCount, I think they have enough for a third slash fourth safety already in house. That being said, if they don't agree, Trey Boston is still out there. Um, that's the only big name I could find that's currently a free agent. At this point, but uh, Houston is a dumpster fire, and Justin Reed, uh, who knows what's going on down there? If, if, it, <laughs> if it continues to, to spiral, and the, now the FBI is involved, and all that <laughs> other stuff, a guy, a player like Justin Reed, who's just entering his prime, the, the chance for him to really, really take care of his family and, and get that big contract that he's always wanted, he might to go to his agent and go, "Get me the hell out yeah. of here!" So. You never know if that's a situation that, that a guy like Andrew Barry could step in and take advantage of. Because like we, we all forget, Ronnie Harrison, as much as we like him, he's in a contract here. He's one of those dominoes, contract dominoes, that we don't know which way it's going to fall. So, sure. uh, yeah, I think they're okay as long as those top two guys are healthy. But uh, you certainly, and Grant Delpit, I think would, I'd be very surprised to see any kind of contribution from him now in, in week one. It might yeah, be it's... four or five weeks before we see him. Uh, but you hope long term that he's at least the, the second guy there. But in the in the interim, in the immediacy, I think they can get by with what yeah. they have. And if they don't, there's a couple options well, out there. I said months back that my hope for because I'm I'm a huge fan of Grant Delpit. I really am. I love the player. I said months back if he could get to a point where he started to contribute, 
around week six to week eight, I'd be completely okay with that. And then by, you know, by week 12, he's going full, full go and he's helping us down the stretch. That's really all I, 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 at this point, I just want the young man to get healthy and I want to see him get on the field and want him to get comfortable. Um, I mean, he's dealing with the hamstring now, but he's still coming off an Achilles, man. I know it was a year ago, but still, that's some serious business. And neighborhood spaceman, you are correct, uh, Stephen. I think you can you can account for this. The 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 forty time he had there and that pro day, that absolutely just horrendous pro day that Richard LeCount had, did not match the tape uh, from, from 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 college, right? Him and Felton both had right. suffered from the same thing. They were injured on their pro day yep. and fought through it, and it turned out to be to their detriment. If it turns out that we got two steals in the sixth round, then uh, yippee ki yeah. you know, that, <laughs> that's fantastic. So, and to get back to what you were talking about with the division, I'm with you. I think it's between uh, the Browns and the Ravens, realistically, on paper. But I may have said this when we were on your podcast, and tell me what you think. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, how many times over the decades – have we said, oh, they lost this guy, they lost that guy, they're going to have a down year. And then they just plug people into their system. And, you know, Joe Schlobotnik goes out there and has an all-pro year. Yeah. They're, as much as we hate them, they are a quality organization. They do it the right way, and that's part of why we hate them so much. So I have always said, I, I with Pittsburgh Steelers, I am a, I, I'm of the walking dead mentality. Until you see the walker, the character's not dead. So <laughs> until I see the Steelers at four and 13, I'm not going to believe they might. I mean, their offensive line is a huge question mark. Yep. Their defensive backfield is nowhere near as deep as it has been in years past. Um, and their, their linebacking core is another question mark, but until they're not the Pittsburgh Steelers anymore, they're still the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm not going to rest until I see them dead and buried. I think we're all just dying for them to be dead and buried. Like we're here in Cleveland, we've 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 dealt with it forever. All we want is for them to be dead and buried. Just but the fact of the matter already. is, you still have Mike Tomlin. You still and whether you like him as a coach or not, he's been very successful. They still feel like an eight and like an eight and eight season, or I guess nine and eight now would be a total failure. That's the kind of organization they have. So uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. There's no counting out the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, absolutely not. I'm not. I. At the end of the day, if you really look at them still on paper, I think people are just pointing to the fact that that uh, of how Ben played down the stretch, and especially in the wild card game, we all saw it. He did not play well at all. He looked he looked old. He did um, for the first quarter. Yeah, that's true, and that's fair because he did put up numbers the rest of the way. That is fair. Um, but with that being said, if even if he is a shell of what he was, you know, seven years ago. He's, they still – that wide receiver room there is solid. Uh, yeah. They, they got Najee Harris now in the backfield who I, we'll see. He's a rookie, but we'll see. They're, I know they're going to be counting on him for a lot of reps. And then that defense is still there, that, that, that defense. That, that defense is still going to be very, very tough to move the football against. So, yeah, I'm not counting out the Steelers. I, I can't. Do, do I think the Browns have more talent? Sure. I, I, do I think Baltimore probably has more talent? Sure. But – I'm with you guys. You, I'm not counting out the Pittsburgh Steelers. No way. Well, Stephen hit the nail on the head with the Steelers, though. Uh, ben is older, and Ben isn't the one thing Ben used to be so good at. One of the best in the league. Didn't matter how much pressure you got on Ben Roethlisberger, he figured it out. He stood in the face of pressure. Oh. He can't really do that anymore. He doesn't have the the physicality to be able to really do that anymore. And his offensive line is probably his worst offensive line. Maybe he's ever had. So. Uh, those two things together give me great hope. 
that we might see the downfall of the stupid Steelers, mm -hmm. but you never know. They are stupid, aren't they? They're stupid. They're stupid. God, they're stupid. Here's a, uh, here's a question so about stupid. Lamar, and, you know, he's a former MVP as it is, but, you know, people sometimes bring up questions about his ability in the passing game. Uh, he is he is a different type of quarterback. I mean, he's he he runs the football unlike any quarterback I've ever seen. That includes Michael Vick. Uh, you guys think he is going to take the step forward with this passing game? I don't know. See, I it's a sort of a weird question for me because I never I know Browns fans like to just say he's just this awful passer, and he's not. He's he can be Thank inconsistent. You. Here's the thing that I've always said about Lamar Jackson. They say, oh, he's not accurate. He's not accurate. That's that's not true. He is accurate. He just – his ball placement suffers at times. Yeah. He needs wide receivers with a large catch radius. He – if the ball needs to be here, it's here. And that might not seem like a lot, but in the NFL, it's the difference <laughs> between a, hitting a guy in stride so that he catches it and runs for 25 more yards – or making him slow down just enough so that the defensive back can catch him and bring him down after eight yards. And that's a huge, huge difference. He is There's a difference between accuracy and ball placement. He's always been accurate. Even in college, during his draft cycle, I would watch the film and go, I don't understand these people that say he can't throw the football. His ball placement can sometimes be erratic. But as Andy said, he's so ridiculously electric Never seen uh, like with it. his legs that he – you know, he makes up for it. Now, I think the Browns learned from the past two years of the Ravens getting shut down in the playoffs that the way to do that is not necessarily, I mean, yes, of course, having a fierce pass rush always helps against any quarterback. But the way to stop Lamar Jackson is to have numerous defensive backs that are big enough to take him down and fast enough that he can't just juke them out of their socks. And they finally had last year. They didn't. But, you know, by, by the end, second half of that second game, that Monday night game, that, that was oh, such a great football game. So good. It, it was the three of us, basically, in the secondary for the Browns. <laughs> I mean, it was they were so depleted from injuries and COVID and everything that it yeah. was just insane. And that's where having guys, Greg Newsom, who showed inside-outside versatility that we oh. did not know that he had during the draft cycle, having a guy like JOK who can cover Mark Andrews in the slot and keep the opposing tight ends from destroying us in that. Say it louder, Stephen. Say that we have somebody that can color, cover tight ends. We did it. And now the multiple somebody. safeties that we've been talking about, that's how you beat yeah. Lamar Jackson. That's how you beat him. So do I think he's going to take a step forward in the passing game? probably because they did add some guys to their wide receiver core who have some very wide catch radiuses, they, but, mm -hmm. but he also may have reached pretty close to what he is. Sure. And so they need to work within that as far as the passing game goes. Mike, he, 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 I don't know why we, I know we hate him. I know we hate the Ravens. I hate the Ravens more than I hate the Steelers. I, that's that I've said that forever. That because yeah. of what happened, I hate them the yeah. worst. So I hate Lamar Jackson, but every year we do the same thing. He can't throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. And then like third play of the game, he hits Mark Andrews for a 40 yard touchdown. And you're like, oh, maybe he can throw the ball a little bit. Like he he's there for a reason. He's talented for a reason. You you don't play in the NFL if you can't throw the football. Like we've yeah. seen plenty of it here in Cleveland. You don't last yeah. very long. Yeah. So like, uh, no, Lamar Jackson's extremely talented. And Steven, I think, I think that was such a good point. Uh, the versatility of the Browns defense didn't exist. Uh, last year and Did it not. does this year and and you have to get that pass rush on him and but you you can't let him we've we watched it 
if you let him sit back there, if, if you play that kind of, because I think sometimes you may have a tendency with a super mobile quarterback to play the run against the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so you do that, you, you spread everybody out and you don't get after a big pass rush and you try to keep him in the pocket. You keep him in the pocket. He'll just sit back there and pick you apart. And maybe he's not hitting the 25-yard plays, but he's hitting the 12. Yeah. And right. he's hitting the eight. And he's yeah. capable of doing that. So he's a super threat. I don't I don't love you know I know they got better at wide receiver I don't love their wide receivers consider me not super thrilled about Sammy Watkins like I know he did all right in Kansas City but I think that was very he's surrounding you know when you've yeah. got Tyreek Hill over there just like blowing the he, doors he off he can't stay healthy that's it that's always been his problem I just I, I but it, it, the Baltimore's going to be good. They got a good offensive oh, line. Yeah. They got a great defense. They're going to be good. Uh, so no, yeah, yeah it, it's it, it's fun that the Browns are in that conversation. Though we have watched for a million years the Steelers and the Ravens. That's the rivalry: Steelers, Ravens, Steelers, Ravens. And they made it into one of the best rivalries in football. And the Browns just kicked the door in on that. And now the Browns are part of that. And that's awesome. Yep. Well, you guys, you heard it right here. The Ravens are trash, and Lamar Jackson is garbage, <laughs> according to Michael Keefe. <laughs> that's right. Get him, Twitter. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> well, Mike, I, I think we're going to wrap this show up for the night, guys. Uh, Mike, uh, first of all, thanks for thanks for coming on with us such yeah. last minute, dude. Thank you so much. Uh, no, thank you, guys. It was great. Yeah, this was a lot uh, of fun. Go ahead. Do your plugs, man. Yeah. Where can they find you? Where can they find the pod? Go for it. Absolutely. Yeah, so go find the, the podcast at The Garage Beers uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Uh, uh, and then uh, all of our handles are in the Garage Beers uh, bio. So me, Chad, Joey. Uh, but it's pretty easy to find us at Garage Beers Mike, at Garage Beers Chad, at Garage Beers Joe. Uh, and if I can give my last plug, uh, if you like the Garage Beers shirt, if you like the Garage Beers hat, if you like them, look at that. That's a cool one, right? GarageBeersShop.com. Go over to GarageBeersShop.com, but uh, our episodes come out every Thursday. So, uh, guys, uh, we love having you guys as friends of the show, and, uh, and I, I'm very grateful that you had me on today, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Appreciate it, Mike. You're, you're the man, dude. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch here soon. And uh, we'll have to have you on uh, some other time as well, man. Anytime. You guys call. I'll be there. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Mike. Michael, Michael Keefe, Keefe, everyone. Garage Beers. Garage Beers podcast. Isn't Mike great? So, Mike is a good guy. He is. Guys, if you he's haven't checked guy. out the Garage Beer uh, podcast yet, you really should. Um, very entertaining. They're very funny. Um, good conversations amongst fans you know it, it's a really and really beer. Good, and, and beer <laughs> and beer uh they really do have a great show over there and uh you know who else is great you guys in the chat thank you so much for yep. keeping the questions coming like crazy uh, all night it really makes our job a lot easier when you guys participate like that shout out to all of you really appreciate it thanks all the new follows tonight all the new subscribers to the obr twitch uh, Armor Hatch, thank you for gifting those 10 subs earlier. Holy smokes, you rock, my friend. And, Steven, I'm going to let you uh, take us out, my friend. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Well, one more time, let's yep. do this. Uh, we have the sale of sales, the final dwindling hours. Uh, it ends tonight. It might be in, like, 11 minutes. Or, or, I'm sorry, like, two or three hours. I think three hours and, and nine minutes or something like now on the East Coast that this ends. 75% off your annual membership over on the website side. That comes out to like 26 bucks for the year. You get uh, Rumor Central with Lane Adkins and, and Brad Stainbrook, who we just had on. Plus, Fred has stuff in there sometimes. You have Ask the Insiders, where Fred and Jake and Barry and 
Lane and all of us will answer your questions only for subscribers. It's right there. Um, so 75%, I've, I've been with the OBR for over a year. I have never seen it 75% nope. for the annual subscription. So, uh, make sure you get over there and, uh, and do that with that out of the way, like, uh, like Andy said, thanks to every single one of you who tuned in again tonight. Thank you for getting us so close to almost a thousand followers already. We're over, over 250 subscribers now at this point, which yeah. is just ridiculous. Absolutely. Uh, we'll back ludicrous. <laughs> Sorry. Tomorrow night at seven o'clock, OBR Weekly with Brad, or I'm sorry, with uh, Barry, Fred, and Fred said this earlier, so I'm going to repeat it. Hopefully Lane, well, we're not sure if Lane is, is going to be back yet or not, we, but uh, we're hoping we can't wait till the great Lane Atkins joins us here on the Twitch airwaves. Absolutely. Uh, and then we may or may not be back Friday. We are not sure yet. Uh, if anything interesting happens, we might do a show on Friday, but we will definitely be here for the pre and post game shows on Sunday. And if you weren't here for the pre and post game shows for Jacksonville, huge, huge, huge. numbers, Hun hundreds of viewers. It was, it was crazy for, for it was the post fantastic. game. For the post game, we had 200 viewers the entire time, pretty much. And you guys were amazing. So that's for a preseason game in August. It I can't insane. wait to see what happens for the, for the chiefs game. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you guys haven't joined the discord yet, uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, the discord's a nice little community for the OBR Twitch community to kind of, hang out when we're off stream. Um, I've had a few people I noticed on the website in the uh, message boards in the water cooler and whatnot, uh, having issues accepting the Discord invite. Uh, before you accept that invite, if you do not have Discord, if you have Discord, click on that invite, you're a Discord pro, you're used to it. If you do not have Discord, what you wanna do before you accept that invite is you wanna create, uh, first download the Discord app, create an account, then accept that invite. Then it'll get you right into the OBR Discord. Um, but I'm Andy Lytle for Stephen Thomas. Big shout out to Fred Griefen for coming on with us. Big shout out to Brad Stainbrook for coming on. And then Michael Keefe of the Garage Beers Podcast for coming on last minute with us. So much appreciative, all three of you. Stephen, love you to death. Thanks for joining me tonight and helping me out with all the hard work you do, my friend. And OBR Weekly will be live tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern with Barry McBride and Fred Greetham. We will see you guys then at 7 o'clock tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being participating in the chat. Go Browns, baby.